Hello my beautiful Stroke Survivor friends. How are you? Thank you so much for tuning in out of millions of podcasts on Spotify and all the different platforms. You decided to go ahead and stop at my show. So I'm very blessed and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Welcome at Stroke Surviving the Odds. Let me introduce myself. I am Karina, your host and creator of this great podcast. I suffered a brainstem dissection in March of 1999, which led me to a coma and a locked-in syndrome. But eventually, it led me here to you. Imagine, if I didn't have a stroke, I would not be here. (laughs) My show is definitely designed to empower, inspire, and give a lot of hope to you guys that are out there that think that life is over after you've had a stroke and I am here to show you that it's not over, the yet is to come. My episodes are filled with information that are gonna help you survive this world as a survivor. And I recommend you go ahead and download my episodes because they're full of information that you're gonna wanna refer to eventually in your personal rehabilitation. I definitely want to hear about you guys. I want to know where you're from, what you would like to hear, what you would like for me to talk about in my episode that is pertinent to you. So my Facebook handle is Stroke Surviving the Odds underscore the pod page. And on Instagram, I am SSTO underscore the podcast. So... What do you think if we get today's episode on the road? Today's episode is going to be on how to make and get our boundaries respected. So it's going to be a very interesting subject. Just to clarify, a boundary is really, it's an invisible limit that you are setting for yourself. That means that you are honoring yourself. As a separate person, you have your own ideas, your own aspirations, your own way that you want to pursue your rehabilitation. And very often it differs from other people's view of how you should be doing things. Without healthy boundaries, um, any of us can get overrided by other people's opinions. And they can trample over your feelings and your desires and your growth. As a stroke survivor, I am telling you there is going to be an immense amount of inner growth happening. You know the expression, you make it or break it? Let me tell you, if you're a survivor, if you're listening to this right now, you are, then you are going to be making it. So pay attention and I'm going to show you how others can pay attention to you. Not to say anything, but as a stroke survivor, whether you are many years into your rehab, or you are a new survivor, people 
unwillingly see us as easy targets. They see us as obviously there's a problem. We lack self-confidence when we get out of um out of coma or out of the hospital or out back in life, right? We lack confidence and your self-assurance is, is, is affected, right? You're doubting yourself all the time. People want to protect you so much that they see you as being that easy target. And um, the only way I can describe it is that I felt like when that was 23, soon to be 24 years ago, I felt like I was in a tug of war. You know, on the beach, when there's two teams pulling on the rope and one is stronger than the other one and it pulls and it goes into the hole of sand and whatnot. I felt like it was like that all the time. That I was on my side with a, only a couple of people and everybody else was on the opposite side. You see, when I started my rehabilitation, when I got out of the hospital, I was just like you guys. Um... I was doubting everything. I sounded like a chickmunk. Um, you know, <laughs> I worked very hard to get back to where I am. So that's why I'm telling you there is definite hope. Don't get discouraged, okay? But the point is, I was exactly where you guys might be right now. And it wasn't as obvious for me back then as it is now that the people meant well but that tug of war that i'm telling you is very hurtful in many ways and uh, it can definitely destroy things so that's where setting boundaries is essential i did not set boundaries back then because i thought I would rely on others. They know better. I didn't set the boundaries that I should have. I started setting boundaries a, a few years back. But it took a lot of work because I felt guilty setting my boundaries. I felt like, I, does it mean that I don't love the people? Do they think I don't love them? If I'm not obliging to everything that everybody's saying because they love me and they want the best for me? Should I be doing boundaries, placing boundaries on myself? But later on, I found out that by putting boundaries, it's showing self-love, it's showing self-care. You are bouncing back. So it is a necessity. That's why I wanted to bring about today's episode. I think it's very important uh, for you to understand uh, yeah, the importance of it in your rehab. So I hope today's episode is really, really going to struck a chord. It's going to make you think. It's going to open your heart to the fact that others do love you immensely. But to what price? To what price? Like I was saying before, Setting a healthy boundary, in essence, it's being able to differ differentiate uh, between what you personally want and what other people want. 
and often what they want from you, what they want the result to be for their ego, not necessarily for you. So you have to make sure that uh, you don't make, you don't do things just to make others happy. You have to be a hundred percent happy about that. Does that sound familiar to you? Do you see yourself in this situation? Is that really what and where you want to be? I did tell you at the beginning of the episode that I was going to make you think today. I don't want to put conflict or anything or create arguments. That is not the goal of my show. If you think that's it, you got it all wrong. What I want, though, is for you to start being able to think and act for yourself. By setting a boundary, I'm going to give concrete examples after. But by setting boundaries, you're going to be able to be doing just that. For those of you who don't know what a boundary is or looks like, imagine you're riding or you're walking on a road and there is a sign on the fence in front of you that says no trespassing. What do you think that means? That's a rhetorical question because I know that you can't answer me personally, but I want you to tell yourself what does that mean? And if you don't respect yourself, how do you expect others to respect you? If you pass over the fence, how do you want the owner of that particular land to respect not going on your fence, on your land? If that makes any sense. I was always raised as you do unto others what you want done to you and you don't do to others what you do not want done to you. So I think that's the basis. Now we're going to start having fun. We're going into the how-tos. It's not an easy process um, to learn to set boundaries, learn to respect yourself, learn to be your own person after stroke. For so long, we've been dependent on others and now we have to be our own person and it's kind of scary even. So I fully understand. But again, I want to reassure you that you can do this. If I did it, you can do it. It's going to take some time, some perseverance, good communication, patience, but you got this. Now I'm going to show you the four ways to set a healthy boundary. Number one is that you got to tune into your emotions. You really, really, really have to understand how you feel, how things make you feel. How does it feel when your friend or your sister or your husband say things that make you feel unworthy, dismissed, uncared for, unloved, unrespected? That's what I want you to be honest with yourself. How does it make you feel? And maybe try to go to that person and say, listen, X, Y, Z, I really don't like it when you do 
XYZ thing to me. Okay? Please don't do it again. You don't ask, can you don't not do it again? Put your foot down nice and polite and say, don't do it again. You are setting your boundary. Your fence is right there. And if the other person loves you as much as they say they do, trust me, your message is going to be loud and clear. The number two thing that you're going to be doing is that you're going to look into your thoughts. You're going to analyze the way you think. As stroke survivors, we tend to think a lot, if not too much, right? But by asking you the question, how does it make you feel? And it's going to open the lines to your self-worth. You're going to be putting value to yourself. And you remember before I said, how do you expect others to do something if you're not even doing it yourself, right? So if you're setting boundaries, if you are respecting your own boundaries, your own words, others will not have a choice to do it. And guess what that's going to do? That's going to give you a little bit more power that you lost the day you had the stroke. You lost power and now you are gaining it back. How amazing is that? I think that the third thing is... Probably the scariest, but the most rewarding is to ask others, this is one time in your life that you need to ask others. If you go to your spouse or to a sibling or to a good friend and you say, listen, Mary Jane, (laughs) I have an important question. I want to be the best best friend for you. How does it make you feel when I do or I say such and such? And stay quiet and let them listen and let them answer. Don't interrupt. Right now what you're doing is that you're opening the lines for communication. This could be with your spouse. This could be with your husband or your wife. How does it make you feel when I do this and that? And listen, see what happens. As ironic as this is, number four is to get clear on your values. To get clear on your values can actually be the hardest thing for you to do. That's why it's ironic. Because you really have to think what's important to you. You're not being selfish. You're being clear on your the path, on the way you want. Like for me, one of my biggest value that I need to have for myself and I need the people around me to contribute in some way, shape or form, my value is paying it forward. My value is sharing knowledge, time, resources. That is a value that is extremely important to me. Just like community is important. 
So finding your own value is something that you can reflect on when you're doing all the other thinking (laughs) and figure out what's really meaningful to you. So these are the four things. You know, um, a lot of stroke survivors are not mobile yet. I have a lot of my listeners that are not necessarily uh, mobile as in walking by themselves. And some of them are really just sitting around and all that. This gives you the perfect time to figure out stuff. Don't break your head. I know you have a gazillion things in your mind right now. It's like you're a grown-up child. I know the stroke did that, right? But take this time to really, really focus on what's important. So number one is tuning into your emotions. Number two is self-taught. And number three is asking others. And ask of, uh, number four is being clear on your values and yourself. I'm going to go over this part very quickly. It is how to maintain your healthy boundary. So before we talked about building it, how to get that. It's a work in progress. It's not going to happen overnight. Repetition and consistency. You don't stop. You keep going a little bit every day. But now I'm going to tell you how to maintain that boundary. The number one is, again, self-reflection. You have to ask yourself, what am I willing to settle on? What am I not willing to settle on? What boundary do I have to set on myself? Yes, we need to set boundaries on ourselves, especially after having a stroke. We're all hyper-impulsive. We all blur out stuff without thinking. It's not going to last forever, but we all do it. Okay? And who needs a boundary around you? Who is somewhat toxic in a way? Because it, it, it turmoils your emotions. It makes it work on the inside. Me personally, I love my sister. But one of my sisters anyways, she brings a lot of t- toxicity to me. A lot of an- anxiety inside. I love her. I love her immensely. But it's, it's not healthy. Something that is not healthy, before calling it quits, deserves to have a boundary. Number two is setting, starting small. I always give the example as a coach that um, if you try to eat a whole pie by itself in one sitting, chances are you won't be doing it. And if you do do it, your stomach is going to be killing you. Am I right? But if you eat the pie piece by piece, bite by bite, you're going to reach the end of the damn pie, right? The third one is it as soon as you are aware of your feelings, of that turmoil that I was telling you that, that you have in your tummy or your head is telling you something is not right, you're not crazy, man. You're not crazy. Other people might tell you you are. Trust me, baby, you are not crazy. But as soon as you notice that, you nip it in the butt and that's when you're going to go what we did before. You're going to set your boundary. Okay, number four is you got to be aware of the damn social media. 
I make my living off social media. I love social media, but I'm also very conflicted in some stuff. And uh, I, I, I'm just like everyone else. I'm always afraid that I'm going to be like, I was hacked last week, for example. So I'm always afraid of being politically incorrect and offending people and this and that. Just be aware. And for some people, the social media could be a conflict in couples. I'm not going to go into it, but I'm aware of my own friends that social media is being very uh, unhealthy and disruptive to um, couples. And number five is my favorite. I told you before, do what you say and say what you're going to do. Do what you say and say what you're going to do. How do you expect others to respect you and respect your boundaries you're going to be setting if you don't honor them yourself. It's not going to happen. Here comes my little story. You know how I like my stories in every episode. <laughs> so, about setting boundaries, okay? I had a boyfriend years back. I loved him immensely, but he did something, he did things that really, really made me feel unworthy and uncared for, and they were oblivious to me. That's how I felt. So I nicely confronted that person and asked, if you care about me, please don't do that again. The step two, well, after saying that, I gave a warning, please don't do that again. The second time, it happened again. I said, I'm not going to tell you a third time, right? And the third time, what happened? It happened. (laughs) And what did I do? I left. I left the relationship. I live my life with a three-strike rule about boundaries since I learned how to set them. The first one, I will let it fly. The second one, I will give you a warning and I will be nice, but I will be very direct. Don't do it again, please. Don't fucking do it again. And the third time, well, okay, it's all up to you. But that's why I was saying how important it is for you to respect your boundary because people in our lives, people in surroundings, it's human nature. They're going to try to test A lot of my listeners here, your moms, right? Your moms or grandmothers. You remember the kids? You know the kids? Mommy, mommy. They don't care what they're going to do. They're going to jump on the counter. They're going to dig a hole on the floor. They don't care what they're going to do. They just want attention. They're going to write on the walls. They don't care. They They just want your attention. That's how my boyfriend back then was. He didn't care what type of attention he was getting as long as he was getting attention. So it's up to you. It's up to me. When I said enough, I left. I gave my three strike rules and that's it. So now you got to do the same thing. You have to have enough respect for yourself. And when I left, it's because I had reached my limit. So I know you guys hear a lot about the boundaries and limitation. They go together hand in hand. The limitation is 
What happens when a boundary hasn't been respected? It's like a punishment to our child, basically. If I was to explain it. You know, I had um, I had a cat. I had a, I think it was a red cat, no, black cat. It was an orange cat anyways. I love my Simba, but he was orange. And I got this couch, this nice L-shaped couch that I worked very hard for. And on the ends, it was there was leather. And I could see my conniving little Simba walking towards the couch. And I said, Simba, don't you dare. Don't do that. And she's looking at me like, ha, 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 ha. And she stretches her front paws and she starts freaking clawing my leather couch, my new leather couch. And all the time she's doing that, she's looking at me. And I don't know if you know, but a cat is very destructive in a matter of seconds. Okay. So just the time for me to go from one end of the couch to the other, that was it. My couch was done, right? So it's kind of like that. Oh, I really like that cat and I really like that couch. So now, as adults, we all have people around us that are kind of childlike. And maybe you're tolerating them because you are a stroke survivor and you need them for obvious reasons. And that's a reason that's big enough for you to get your boundaries respected. Don't forget what I told you before, the self-reflection about asking yourself what boundary do you need to set on yourself. Don't forget to ask the other person. Don't forget to ask your spouse. I think this is the most important thing I could tell uh, any um, stroke survivor that has a living spouse with them in the house. Ask the other person, tell them, I love you. I love you and I thank you so much for everything that you do. And I've been thinking, what is it that I do that you would like me to stop? Because I want to be the best person for you. I know I haven't made your life easy, but I really want to be the best person for you. And keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. This is what I learned after I freaking got divorced from my, my first husband who was with me when I had the stroke. That's why I developed so much freaking empathy for him. So just listen to the other person and be open to the communication and don't forget to hug it out. You can tell a lot from a hug, huh? When you hug people, you know, there's some hugs that are like pats in the back. But when we hug our spouse, it's it's heartfelt. It's like when we hug our kids and our, our favorite dog. And you, you know what I mean? Like, it's our best friend. Don't forget to hug it out. Listen, if you need any help whatsoever, any more personal advice, uh, not advice, but um, how I went about it, how I learned it. Today, I just like told you about it briefly okay but i have it all mapped out in my books that i love to keep forever please reach out to me on facebook at stroke surviving the odds underscore the pod page and on instagram at s s t o underscore the podcast 
that being said i love you very much i have to go on with my day but please reach out if i can do anything for any of you it's more than my pleasure and i forgot to tell you i am so excited we are now in 26 countries and seven continents and our show this show is number eight worldwide i was supposed to tell you this at the beginning and i completely forgot so i'm telling you now because i'm so proud and i really want to thank you guys for um for everything really for everything so i love you very much i hope you found value don't forget to download follow and subscribe i will leave you all my links in the description have a great day guys i love you bye